Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Monday Night Madness where I'm going to give my review on WCW Spring Stampede 1998. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match on the card. It is Goldberg versus Saturn. Uh, starting with the match, Goldberg is pretty much controlling the matchup at first. Saturn ends up hitting a springboard leg drop on Goldberg, though. Saturn then hits a suplex on Goldberg in the middle of the ring. Goldberg then gets up, hits a sidewalk slam on Saturn. Goldberg then hits a devastating spear on Saturn. Goldberg then hits a press slam off the top rope on Saturn, which was absolutely brutal. Saturn then somehow applies the rings of Saturn on Goldberg. Goldberg then breaks the hold by hitting a jackhammer on Saturn, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Goldberg. Again, it was an okay match, an opening match. Um, it was just this was like right in the middle of uh, Goldberg's streak. There was no way he was gonna like lose this match. Um, I really wasn't a big fan of Saturn. To be 100% honest with you guys, it just wasn't. Goldberg, I mean, they were building him out to be some indestructible force back in the day for WCW. So I knew there was no way in hell that Saturn was going to be Goldberg. But hats off to Goldberg for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is Ultimo Dragon versus Chavo Guerrero. Uh, starting off the match, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between the Dragon and Guerrero. Dragon ends up landing devastating kicks on Chavo Guerrero, though, in the middle of the ring. Chavo then gets up, hits a head scissors take, uh, takedown on the Dragon. Dragon then hits an acai moonsault on Chavo on the outside. Chavo then gets up, hits a somersault on Dragon on the, on the outside as well. Dragon and Chavo both exchange in the middle of the ring. Dragon then hits a step-up enziguri on Chavo. Eddie is ring signed, mad at Chavo that he won't finish the matchup. Looks like Dragon was injured. Dragon then somehow quickly apprised a Dragon sleeper on Chavo Guerrero. And your winner of the match by submission is Ultimo Dragon. Again, this match was a lot better than the first match, in my honest opinion. Um, Ultimo Dragon, big fan of um, big fan of him of his work as well. Uh, his kicks, man, were just brutal. I don't know if Ultimo Dragon ever had a match with Ty Jury, um, but if they did, man, I need to go back and try to find that match because the way Ty Jury kicked and the way Ultimo Dragon kicked. It was just brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. And that, if they never had a match, that would definitely be a dream match to make, man, is Ultimo Dragon versus Tajiri. I would love to see that match. Uh, but hats off to Ultimo Dragon for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Booker T versus Chris Benoit for the WCW Television Championship. Starting off the match, Booker hits a devastating shoulder tackle on Benoit. Booker then hits a sidekick on Benoit as well. Benoit then gets up, hits a devastating snap suplex on Booker in the middle of the ring. Benoit then hits a diving headbutt off the top rope on Booker. Benoit then hits three German suplexes on Booker. Booker then gets up, hits a devastating sp uh, spine buster on Chris Benoit. That was absolutely brutal. Booker then goes for a scissors kick, but instead hits the referee. Benoit then applies a cross face on Booker, but the ref is still out. Benoit then goes to check on the referee, and Booker hits a Harlem side kick on Benoit. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match, and still at that time, television champion, is Booker T. This was not a bad match either. It really wasn't. And to be honest with you, and I stated in the past, man, every time you see Chris Benoit, he always gives you 110% in his matches. And I can say the same thing about Booker T, man. Booker T, in WCW, man, he was an absolute legend. Absolute legend. You know, five-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, very athletic. A lot of charisma with Booker T back in the day. Um, and this was a really good match. Probably one of the, the best matches on this card for me, in my honest opinion. So, Hats off to uh, Booker T for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is the British Bulldog versus Kurt Henning. This was a re like really quick match. Bulldog pretty much attacks Kurt Henning. 
Uh, British Bulldog then is working on the legs of Henning as well. Rude then has the keys to the handcuffs. Now, I know some people might be surprised by why there was handcuffs involved in this match. The stipulate One of the stipulations in this match was that when British Bulldog came down to the ring, uh, Jim Neidhart was also coming down to the ring with him as well. And Rick Rude has been kind of managing Kurt Henning. And Rude has been getting uh, involved in a lot of Kurt Henning's matches at this time. So the best way for Rude to not be involved in these matches would him, for Rude to be handcuffed to Jim the Anvil Neidhart. But somehow Rude got the keys, uncuffed himself, got free. Henning then throws British Bulldog into the turnbuckle. Bulldog then falls. Henning pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Kurt Henning. In my honest opinion, and I know some people might be against this, I'm a, I'm a big fan of British Bulldog and Kurt Henning. I've always said Kurt Henning was one of the best Intercontinental Champions of all time. Big fan of British Bulldog and the Hart Foundation. This was an awful match, man. I, and you might not agree with me, and that's fine, but you can go back and watch Spring Stampede 1998, and you'll realize how bad this match was. The finish was awful. An absolute botch finish. You're telling me that British Bulldog can, you know, land on the turnbuckle head first and then drop and then pin for the three? Come on, man. Come on. That was horrible. Whoever booked that finish, whew, awful. Absolutely awful. And, you know, honestly, you can expect better from both uh, competitors, man. Kurt Henning deserves better than that. So does British Bulldog. Absolutely. But hats off to Henning for getting the win in what I thought was a complete botch finish. After that match, we can go into our next match on the card as well, though. It is Prince Iakea versus Chris Jericho for Jericho's Cruiserweight Championship. Starting off the match, Iakea hits a devastating lariat on Jericho in the middle of the ring. Iakea then hits a dropkick on Jericho as well. Iakea then hits a somersault off the apron on Jericho. Iakea then hits a springboard senton on Jericho. Jericho then quickly ap applies a lion tamer on Iakea, but Iakea breaks the hold. Jericho then applies a lion tamer on Iakea again. And your winner by submission is Chris Jericho and still, at that time, cruiserweight champion. I, I mean, I put Prince IAK up there to, with the Disco Infernos, to be honest with you. It was all gimmick. Um, he was champion. I will give him credit on that. But his matches were boring. It was a snooze fest, man. I'm sorry. And I'm not sitting here trying to, like, say that, you know, the talent's not there for a reason. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Prince IAK, to me, just wasn't. I, don't, I feel like he, his heart wasn't in it, and he really don't want to be a wrestler, I, I, in my honest opinion. You know what I mean? Like, you had, for example, you had other gimmick wrestlers out there that had a gimmick but actually wanted to wrestle. For example, Vampiro. You know, his gimmick was, you know, the, the evil side, kind of like a Papa Shango kind of look, if you will. But Vampiro is a legend. You know what I mean? He's a big legend over in Mexico. You know, he's still doing commentary, I believe, for AAA. Um, he wanted to wrestle, man. He's a wrestler's wrestler. You know, he wanted to be a part of the business. I feel like Prince Ikea, you know, his heart was not in it where Vampiro's was. Same thing about Mortis. You know, Mortis was a gimmick, but he also became a decent wrestler. Chris Canyon was not that bad as a wrestler. And he actually wanted to wrestle, man. It wasn't like the guy was just there to collect a check. He wanted to wrestle. So some gimmicks worked. Glacier, you know, his gimmick, it did work for a while. You know, they built him up as being undefeated at first. Um, and then he was team, uh, tag teaming up with uh, Ernest the Cat Miller. Didn't really pan out too well. The tag teams that he had with, you know, him and Ernest the Cat Miller and against Wrath and Mortis, they were decent tag team matches. They weren't, you know, that bad. You know, obviously, I think Glacier would, would have been benefiting more being a singles competitor rather than in a tag team. But, you know, I don't, I didn't book the card myself. I didn't book the match. But some gimmicks do work, man. And some people have heart, you know, even if they have gimmicks, you know, their, their heart's still in it. They want to be a pro wrestler.
You know what I mean? For example, look at Hawk and Animal. Like some people will say, oh, well, they had a gimmick. Yeah, but they're Hawk and Animal were in there to kick your ass. Like, I'm pretty sure there's wrestlers that have wrestled for years. And when you go look at the, the card for the night and you're a tag team and you look down on that card and you see you're facing the Red Warriors, or the facing the Road Warriors, I'm surprised you're not I'm surprised you're not shaking in your boots. I mean, the Road Warriors were brutal, man. Those guys were in there with no game. They were in there to kick your ass. You know, and that's what the Road Warriors are all about. So people can say what they want. Some gimmicks work. Some don't. It's all about how much heart you're willing to put into that character to make it work. You know, we don't see that nowadays, man. You just don't. But hats off to Jericho for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go into the next match on the card. It is Rick Steiner and Lex Luger versus Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Again, this was a relatively quick match as well. Bagwell ends up attacking Rick Steiner. Rick then gets up, hits a devastating power slam on Bagwell. Luger then puts Bagwell in the torture rack. And your winner of the match by submission is Rick Steiner and Lex Luger. This is literally what I was going to say about the last match with Buff Bagwell. Again, gimmick. Bagwell, I've, I've stated this multiple times. I know I have. Bagwell was a better wrestler when he was tag teaming up with Two Cold Scorpio way back in the early days of WCW, way back in the day. You know, he, he was too much more into himself, man, and the gimmick just wasn't working. It just wasn't. I mean, the fin his finisher was great. The blockbuster, awesome move, man. Awesome move. But his in-ring ability and what he can do, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to demoralize what these wrestlers can do. They're obviously there for a reason. But if it stinks, man, it stinks. How many, let me ask you a question, man. How many times have you seen Buff Bagwell be world heavyweight champion? Not many. Nor was he even booked that way, nor does he even deserve to be world heavyweight champion. Or even in that, in that sentence. No shot. No shot. Absolutely not. And you got and people were like, oh, well, he got into WWE, but how long did it last? Not long. Not long at all. So, I, I mean, again, hats off to Rick Steiner and Lex Luger. But this match, again, man, it's just it wasn't that good. It really wasn't. After that match, we can go to our next match on the card as well. It is La Parca versus Psychosis. Starting off the match, La Parca and Psychosis both exchange chops in the middle of the ring. Psychosis then hits a head scissors takedown on La Parca. The Parker then gets up, hits a springboard moonsault on Psychosis on the outside. Psychosis then gets up, hits a drop kick on La Parker. Psychosis then hits a whisper in the wind off the top rope on La Parker on the outside. Psychosis then hits a leg drop off the top rope on La Parker, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Psychosis. This match was not bad. I actually legitimately enjoyed this match. This match was not bad. Big fan of La Parker. Rest in peace in La, uh, to La Parker. Uh, Psychosis, man, again, an absolute legend, man. Some of the matches he had in ECW, fantastic matches. Um, and he was around for a while. Uh, La Parca, again, man, absolute legend. You know what I mean? Gone too soon, in my honest opinion. Um, and La Parca was great, man. The whole dance thing that he did, he comes out with a chair, you know. It just worked. It really did, man. It really did. And this was, a, I really did enjoy this match. But uh, hats off to Psychosis for getting the win in this match and what I thought was a really good match. After that match, we can go to our next match on the card as well. It is Giant and Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan, or Hollywood Hogan, if you will, and Kevin Nash in a baseball bat on a pole match. Uh, starting off the match, Piper quickly runs to the top rope, tries to go for the bat. Hogan then hits Piper with his weight belt. Giant then lands a devastating chop on Nash. That was brutal. Hogan and Piper both exchange in the middle of the ring. Giant then hits a devastating drop kick on Nash, sending Nash to the outside, which was absolutely hilarious. Piper then applies a sleeper hold on Hogan. Piper then goes back up to the top rope to, to get the bat. 
Giant then helps Piper get the bat off the pole. Um, the Disciple is here. Hogan then hits Giant with the baseball bat. Hogan then hits Piper with the bat. Referee sees it, pins him for the three, and your winners of the match are Hogan and Nash. Um, to be honest, man, I'm not going to sit here and say this match was not that bad. It was an okay match. It was decent. Um, the thing that I, I came to fruition with is, like, I felt like we're, we're, we're kind of getting the same old matches with certain wrestlers at a certain time. Like, it's consistent. Like, Piper and Hogan had a lot of matches, in my, in my honest opinion, in WCW. A lot. I feel like a lot more in WCW than they did in WWE at the time. Um, Giant and Nash, man, they, that was a that was a beef and a rivalry that was going on with them two for a while. And they were always trying to mix them up, man, either in a tag team match or singles competition. You know, enough's enough. You know what I mean? That was my standpoint after I watched that match. I'm not going to say the match was awful, but you get tired of seeing the same old matches play out every single time. And you, you can only do certain so much to make the match even relevant or even feel new. So... I feel like they kind of did a lazy way of booking this match, in my honest opinion. But hats off to Hogan and Nash for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Diamond Dallas Page versus Raven for the WCW United States Championship. Starting off the match, DDP quickly is on the attack on Raven. DDP then jumps off the stagecoach and hits Raven at the top of the you know at the stage. DDP then hits Raven with a trash can. Raven then gets up, hits DDP with a cowbell. Raven then hits DDP with a sink. Flock then attacks DDP. Raven then hits a DDT on Diamond Dallas Page. Pins him for the three and your winner of the match. And at that time, new United States champion, Raven. It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't. The funny thing that I would say about this is even after the after Raven had won this match, man, they didn't even give this guy an opportunity even 10 minutes after he won. It was like, oh, well, you know, he's going to have the belt until Monday Night Nitro where he's going to have it against Goldberg. And you already knew that Goldberg was going to beat the hell out of him. That was just going to – that was going to be the – that was the end game of it, honestly, no doubt. Oh, well, yeah, Raven won it, but he's going to lose it in less than 24 hours. Or 24 hours from now, he's going to lose it. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. You know what I mean? But, I feel again, it wasn't like they really gave Raven a whole lot of credit either in WCW. It just didn't happen. In my honest opinion, I felt like they didn't give him enough credit. But moving on from that, after that, we go into our main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Macho Man Randy Savage versus Sting for Sting's WCW Heavyweight Championship in a no-disqualification match. Starting off the match, Randy quickly attacks Sting. Pretty much a back-and-forth match, though. Sting's trying to hold his own. Sting then hits Randy with a bale of hay at the top of the ramp. Sting then goes to hit a stinger splash on Randy, but instead ends up hitting, uh, taking out Miss Elizabeth. She is knocked to the uh, to the uh, the ring. She's completely out. Randy then hits Sting with a chair shot. Hogan is here. Hogan then throws Randy off the top rope. Seemed like Randy was going to go for the elbow drop. Hogan throws him off. Sting then hits a scorpion death drop on Randy in the middle of the ring. Kevin Nash is here. Nash then hits a devastating jackknife powerbomb on Randy. Nash then throws, or on Sting, I should say. Nash then throws Randy over Sting for the pin, and your winner of the match by pinfall is Macho Man Randy Savage, and he will be, at that time, he would be the new WCW heavyweight champion. Again, the, the, the main event wasn't bad. I wish it wasn't a botched finish, meaning that Hogan and Nash wouldn't get involved in the match. I wish it was a clean finish, um, whether it was Randy going over in the match or Sting. Um, I felt like it was something where I feel like Sting didn't have the belt that long after he won it. And plus, after the confusion from Starcade of 97, you know, and then like they had the belt vacant 
and then eventually had Sting and Hogan go back at it again, where Sting won clean, I guess. You know, it just kind of felt like they didn't really have a whole lot of faith in Sting at first with him having, you know, or being the World Heavyweight Champion, which I thought he was a great World Heavyweight Champion, in my honest opinion. I really did. You know, the aura of Sting, you know, coming back and being the vigilante, you know, the anti-hero, if you will, him going up against NWL, he was like a one-man army. You know what I mean? It was him by himself taking out the entire NWO. You know what I mean? And, and the character and the story, it fit. It really did. It was awesome. It was one of the best. I would say one of the best storylines I've ever seen in professional wrestling was when Sting turned into the Crow Sting and he was attacking Hogan in the NWO. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you got to understand something. This was a time where I think it was an entire year Sting did not wrestle, didn't say a damn word, and all you saw was period- periodically you would see him up in the rafters just looking, just looking down on the match and just looking at the crowd, not saying nothing. And that right there put him over so much more than him just having in-ring ability. And he has in-ring talent and in-ring ability. But him being up in the rafters or coming down from the rafters in, um, in, you know, in the middle of a match, that put him over so much for him just doing that alone with him actually wrestling as the Crow Sting, in my honest opinion. You know, him being up in the rafters and stuff like that will forever always be synonymous with Sting. Always. You know, it was fantastic stuff. And then you see Sting now in AEW and then, you know, him even saying and acknowledging that, you know, Darby Allen reminds him a lot of Sting. And I can see that. I can honestly see that. I mean, even that whole stuff that was going on between Darby Allen and Sting and that, you know, Darby Allen and Cody, you can see Darby sitting in the stands with the belt. Very, you know, it, it, it looks exactly like a younger Sting, man. And people love Darby Allen. They absolutely love him. The guy's crazy. You know, he shows up, you know, day in, day out. You know, it's not like he's built like a Brian Cage, but he can wrestle. You know what I mean? He's not built like a Brock Lesnar, but the guy can wrestle. Very talented competitor, very talented wrestler. You know, and the gimmick works, man. Absolutely. I feel like that's the, the one guy that lives that gimmick day in and day out. That is Darby Allen, And I respect the hell out of that. I really do. Same thing with Sting, man. I respect the hell out of it. I'm definitely looking forward to see what Darby Allen and Sting go. Even though that's AEW, this WCW, it's just kind of funny that you see some kind of resemblance here between both of these guys. So it's kind of crazy. But as far as this event is that, I, you know, to me, I always give these shows a rating. You guys know that by now. I'm going to have to give this a six, man. I'm not going to sit here and say that this was a worse show, but it damn sure was not the best. You know, if not a five, to be honest with you. There was a lot of things I did not agree with on this card. Number one was the opening match. Goldberg and Saturn was awful. I'm sorry. In a, in a lot of ways, man, you know, Goldberg, obviously, he was on his undefeated streak, and I get that. You know what I mean? Nobody was going to beat him at that time. And I, if I was a smart man, there was no way in hell I thought Saturn was going to beat Goldberg. No shot. No way. No way. Um, I feel like the match was kind of lazy. It was cool with the little jackhammer spot that he had with Saturn. That was okay. Um, in my honest opinion, the Booker T and Chris Benoit match, to me, was the match of the night. And the other match to me that was really disappointing, man, was the British Bulldog versus uh, Kurt Henning match. That was awful. That was really awful. It was just, I don't know who booked that, you know, that match or anything like that, but the ending was awful, man. And, you know, I felt like both those guys deserved better. It was just a brutal ending to that match, man. Really, it honestly was. I had to probably give this a five, man. It just really was not that good in my honest opinion. But uh, that is my review of WCW Spring Stampede 1998. I hope you guys are out there staying safe, be careful, and remember, stay classic. Peace.